It's go time. Previously on Third Down Gamble. I mean, I, I don't think CFL 2.0 was such a bad idea. The idea behind it was to try and find ways to get other streams of revenue that weren't reliant on people sitting in the stands. And they're going to have to look at things like that. First down. So this is week 12 of the 2020 season. And Pat, some great games on the slate this week. We've got Ottawa on the road against Winnipeg, Montreal's in Toronto. That should be a barn burner. Hamilton, BC, and Saskatchewan in the renamed Edmonton. I uh, thoroughly enjoyed last week's games. They were really exciting, Don. Can't beat CFL football. <laughs> if only. If only that were the case. Ain't that the truth? I'm uh, watching tag. <laughs> There's just, you know, hockey, it's not hockey season, so I am not watching hockey at all. I'm the same. At least NBA, I've watched, I've listened to a couple. I can't actually say I've watched them. They're in the middle of the day. <laughs> it's really uh, not a sport fan opportunity right now, is it? Not according to what our life would be like in a normal circumstance, like by now. We're focused on so many different things, but then we've got Thursday night, Friday night, and a doubleheader Saturday. And it's just not there. And I was out on Sunday just smelling the crops in the area, wheat, canola, and barley and oats growing around. They're just fumigating everything right now because they're all ready to be cut down and harvested. Brings me back to when I was a kid when I used to do that with my dad all the time. It's also the smell of football. It's go time. It is. Fall is usually the time that you've got it going. We're back to school, and I usually hear the, the local football, six-man football. Of course, I live in a small town, so there's six-man football. They're out practicing every morning at 6.30, and, uh, you know, without hearing those sounds every morning, uh, it's a little different. It's just not the fall I'm used to. And another story, just to tell a quick story, we, we actually, two weeks ago, uh, my kids came down, and we decided we'd go out to a drive-in. And on the way to the drive-in, my daughter said, you know, I miss not being down here. We've got no rider game, so we're not coming together. So for me, that was kind of what resonated. Like usually every couple of weeks, I get an opportunity to have family home. We go to the rider game. We're together. We not only family, but all the friends you see at the games. It's uh, I'm missing it Yeah, more than I uh, thought I was until you start reflecting upon that. And I'm missing our text fights during the game. <laughs> yeah, you're not really. <laughs> this way you could watch the game like last week's game you were talking about, right? Yeah, well, the one thing I'm really enjoying about what the CFL has done in the interim, TSN's still showing some classic games, which is fantastic. But if you go to YouTube, you can catch CFL in 40. And now they've started to move away from just the 2019 season. They're moving back to games from the past, including the... If you're a Ryder fan, depending on which side of the ball you're on, the infamous 1976 Tony Gabriel catch that won the uh, Grey Cup for Ottawa. And they've done that as the CFL in 40. I commend them. I imagine uh, there's a ton of work to edit these games down into that format. I don't know if it's Brody Lawson doing it or not, but I know she used to do edited highlights. And if it's her or somebody in that office, regardless... Wow, congratulations. 
amazing stuff. You know, I haven't watched that yet, but I now know what I'm going to be doing when I have some time this weekend. Subscribe to the CFL on YouTube, and that's the way that you're going to find all these. It's amazing because it just condenses the game into its play, and it's amazing the editing job that they do. Carries you along, and then when you get to the end, you know there's going to be something big because it's a classic. So if you can't watch it live, at least you get the opportunity to relive the moments of those great games. Eh? I'm going to absolutely check those out, Don. Thanks for the heads up. Oh, you're very welcome. I hope a lot of our listeners do it as well, because truthfully, if you love football and you've got an hour that you want to spend watching some, this is a great way to do it. Absolutely. So with our season canceled, and we talked about that last week, the decision not to play in 2020s been finalized i guess it's kind of time to go through a bunch of odds and ends and kind of wrap things up this week don i agree with you although there are going to be more stories that will come out during the canceled season a lot on the table for not only the league the players there is still going to be news and features that we can follow and i think we're not going to end the podcast here but we're certainly going to curtail it and we'll get into that later you bet let's let's get to that in third down so let's start with uh talking about some of the things that are going on right now Uh, the cfl announced the player opt-out and the financial aid for those players who stay in the league so what were your thoughts when you read through that i thought as far as fairness that was about as best as you could do i didn't see a problem with anything that was being offered kind of puts the ball a little bit in the player's court. You've got to make a decision. They're not going to dilly-dally. You've got that window. Yep. But after that closes, then you have that option to take part in that availability of of support. You know, I think it's great. Um, We had talked about that a few times in terms of the players not really receiving anything. So I, I think it's good that they actually have that safety net. And if they're wanting to continue to try to pursue a football career they still have that opportunity so in a bad situation i think it's the best outcome possible exactly you're you're living in a in an absolutely an unbelievable situation there's nothing we have sitting out there that we can say oh well it happened there this is how you're supposed to take care of things we have no context for any of this and the cfl is walking down that same path and they're trying to with the Players Association, work their way through this minefield and get to a point where, in the interim, both sides feel comfortable about what's going to happen to the players, what's going to happen with the teams, and then as they move forward, then they can start the process of renegotiating the the, uh, players' contract and looking at a a new CFL 3.0 in the future. Yeah, and, and I mean, it does provide that opportunity, certainly. And, and for me, the idea of players being able to opt out, there are some players who, I mean, your window to play football is only so long, and they're going to do everything they can to pursue the opportunity to play. And right now, the NFL gives them that opportunity if they think that they're strong enough to go there. Um, they'll move to the restricted free agent, I guess, is really what they're doing, because they do have to return to their clubs. And uh you know, this way it does at least give them the option to pursue what they have to risk, I guess, is then giving up that support that, that is being offered by the government so they can have a bit of a financial backup in the event that they don't make the NFL. 
Exactly. And if you want to flesh out some of the details, anyone, uh, just go to Three Down Nation. The stories are all there. You can uh, dive deep if you want to. It's a bit of a gamble, for sure. But if you believe that you have what it takes to play in the NFL, the window now has been opened. And the biggest thing that I think is going to hurt players is that the timing may be a little bit late. Mm -hmm. And that this season here, unless there's a real need out there, you're not going to really get much more than a look. Well, and and for some of the players, they're able to have their agents give them a bit of a uh, signing bonus. In some cases, they may make more money on a signing bonus than they do. And I don't know how that would compare to the level of support they'll get from government. But to me, it might be a risk worth taking. You you have only you know, a limited career to play football. And many people, I, I would say the average is probably three to four years. I'm only guessing that, Don. I don't know. If, if that's the average three to four years and you're losing one of them, well, that, that hurts, particularly if you love the game as a player. It does. But I think the type of player that we're talking about right now is not the guy that's going to be around for three to four years unless a catastrophic injury gets in the way. These are players that have a projected eight to 10, maybe even 12 year careers ahead of them. So if you look at the names that have taken the opt out, you've got McLeod Bethel Thompson yep. from the Argonauts. You've got uh, Sergio Castillo from the Lions. You've got Brett Lawler from the Rough Riders. Richie Leone, it's kickers. Yeah, it is right now. They're, they're leading the way. And then you've got a couple of linebackers. That's really... Well, the odd receiver, you know, I think Ricky Collins just opted out, uh, lineman Dakota Shepley. So there's there's very few people, and we're early in, in the window. But, but at this point, you're right. It is some young talents that look like they could have the opportunity to play in this league for an extended period of time. Whether or not they're going to stick with the NFL still is left to be seen. But those kickers certainly have options. It's not as f- physical for them. They just have to perform on the kicking side. But but the ones that uh, are young enough and are willing to take that risk have done so. So good for them. I listened to the Rod Peterson show a little bit. There was some discussion about what players would actually take advantage of this. And Dave Naylor, who was a guest on the show, I thought put it really well when he said, he doesn't see more than a handful doing anything about this because for the most part, the reason why you're in the CFL is that you didn't make it in the NFL in the first place. And other than rookies who really haven't been looked at by the NFL, the rest are people that have had a shot. It didn't work out for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily mean they're not skilled enough. No, maybe just the team that they were with, right? It could be. It could be a need situation. You have no idea. But yep. they are in the CFL. If you ever want to understand what it is like for a CFL veteran to go to the States and try to get a job down there in the NFL, listen to the Three Down Nation podcast with Adam Big Hill from March 24th of 2020. That is an eye-opener, and I highly recommend that episode. Now, there is some vulgar language in it. If you're offended by that, just be aware. He does not pull any punches about what he feels really goes on down there and what his experience was with New Orleans. Yeah, and and, I mean, we've seen that with a number of players who returned to the CFL and not feeling they've maybe gotten a fair shot or a fair shake. The odd individual gets a bit of a signing bonus, but unless you're up over 
100,000 or more, you may not be looked at that serious. And even at $100,000, the NFL machinery uh, is such that 100,000 is a, a drop in the buckets for them. So if they have someone better that comes along or they have different options that they can take, they'll often do that. And and for some of these guys, I mean, again, they're, they're young enough that, hey, if I don't take the shot now, probably signed a one-year contract, potentially a two-year contract. And, and, you know, whether they're opting out at the end of 2021 or 2022, at least this gives them an option if a team is willing to bring them into camp. So again, I, I do think this is a good situation for the players. I think it's fair of the CFL to do what they've done. And I, I hope that some of the guys will land contracts and, and get to where they want to be. You always like to see someone succeed. And when they come from our league and move to the NFL, it, it's always good to not that I follow the NFL a lot, but those are the guys I actually look for and watch when the team happens to be on and I happen to be scrolling through. I guess I'm a little bit possessive in that sense. I, I don't mind CFL players getting a great shot in the NFL, but I want to see them play. I don't want them to just be on the practice roster or on the scout team. I That to me is a waste of their time and a waste of their talent. Yeah, okay, they're going to make some money doing that. They are. Then I'd rather see players here get fast-tracked to starting positions because they've proven they can play pro ball. But very few of them get that opportunity because I think the NFL still sees themselves as, hey, if we haven't drafted someone, put something into them, then we're not necessarily going to give them a shot, even if they are good. The odd individual, like a Cameron Wake, who goes in and lights it up, is going to have that opportunity, but it's it's a rare individual. You're exactly right, and Big Hill details that for you. That He just allocated part of his discussion on that podcast as big as the nfl is it's very collegial and if they haven't drafted you or if they haven't worked with you in the past somehow as an outsider it's a long hill to climb i'm gonna have to check that uh that episode out the cfl itself is looking at its own future now that it's got time to do something it doesn't have to focus on trying to get the government to support it for 2020, which I thought Naylor's commentary on the Peterson show was two things that he felt about the, uh, or he felt that the CFL thinks about the government. One is they got strung along, which I kind of agree. The, the, the federal government, if they didn't want to support the CFL in 2020, they could have said no back in early May. Absolutely. And just everybody could have been on a far better page from that point forward. Yeah. And again, not a blame game because those things do take time and the bureaucracy of government is a slow-moving thing. Well, and they were setting up CERB. They were setting up all kinds of different things at the same time. So clearly they were a little bit distracted. Yeah. So, but clarity sometimes is an ally. Yeah, it is. The biggest issue with the CFL is, is COVID going to be out of the way for 2021? And if that's out of the way and you can have huge gatherings, CFL is going blazing in 2021. If it isn't, it doesn't matter what you do economically. You can't play unless you have gatherings. Not in a revenue-driven league. And, uh, you know, I, I hope... Well, they're all revenue-driven leagues. What league isn't? Well, except some of the revenue is not bums in seats like the CFL, right? Which we've spoken to before. I mean, the CFL has um, revenues of about $210 million, majority of that coming out of bums in the seats. And, and yet... You know, as we've gone through this, we're seeing that they are losing 10 to 20 million. And as you said earlier, this is an opportunity to take a look at all those business practices, find sustainability. There's been talk about revenue sharing um, to try to make the league more viable in the long term because you don't you can't 
run an organization where you're, you're losing 10% of your gross revenues um, as an overall organization each year. So they've got to do some things differently. But a, a team could lose a little bit of money, host a great cup, and that money all comes back to them. So it's not a question that they're perpetually losing money and it's just a slippery slope all the way down. There's, there's always something that can help you out. A winning season, a great cup run, a great cup host. Those three things do wonders for any bottom line. It's a shame in a way that we are such a, a society that's driven on winning. I go because I love the game. I watch because I love the game. If my team wins, bonus, I get more excited. But that doesn't keep me from going to a game. Minus 40 will keep me from a game, but not winning and losing. But there you just spoke to the variance, Don. You're, you're right. I mean, people in the West, whether that's in Edmonton, Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, sometimes Calgary, um, they tend to go and watch the game for the sake of the game. That doesn't happen across the league. So somehow we've got to do that differently, where those three, at least recently, those three teams have been the ones that have been, I guess, much more successful where other teams are are not making that money. So they need to find a way to get that same kind of, it's about the product altogether, not so much about whether your team's winning or losing, but you can still go see if you're in Montreal or, or Ottawa and your team is struggling this year, you can still see a, a great CFL game and the stars of the game. Well, the biggest uh, attendance issue clearly is Toronto and they, and they lost a generation. Yep. Partly because of blackouts back in the day and once they got on TV locally, then it it's just going to take them a long time to get people back and excited about this football team. It can happen. There's no doubt it can happen. There's there's clearly a strong following. Toronto numbers for for watching football are quite high of the CFL. They they they, they tend to, especially when the Argos or the Ticats are playing. Mm-hmm. TSN numbers are good. So it's not like people aren't interested. They are hugely interested. But as you say, you have to get them motivated to be in the stadium. And this is where marketing and, and stuff like that has to come to the fore. And I think that's even more important now because, you know, you've said it before. If COVID is gone and people can get there to go, now there's a lot of people who are maybe struggling financially themselves. So you have to have a reason to say... I'm willing to take some of my hard-earned money to go see this product, which is giving me a a, a good return on investment that for for me. And um, I think we've spoken to it. Randy Ambrosi's spoken to it. It's an opportunity for the league to really turn a lens back on itself and and try to do some things differently and see and what it is we need to do. Make some connections with the people during this downtime because generally this time of year we're moving to playoffs and everyone's busy now you can start to be a little more introspective and start to take a look at those opportunities that are presenting themselves well and you can look at uh, polls you can look at uh, discussions with season ticket holders you can look at especially discussions with uh, your partners in the business community what do they want to see from the cfl what types of things could they get on board with so there's there's sort of all these different elements. The one thing that I'm liking that I've heard from the CFL is that revenue sharing is now starting to be talked about in a real earnest way. And I'm a big proponent of that. There's no reason in this world that 
anybody should just benefit ridiculously well while another team suffers. It just doesn't make sense because you're all in it together. Mm-hmm. So if a team has a real bonus year, and you and I have been through this on this podcast, I'm a firm believer that part of the reason why you're selling out is because that other team is in your stadium. They should get a cut. And I think revenue sharing should be a part of that. I think revenue sharing would would give some financial stability to the clubs. I mean, across the board, you're still losing 10 or 20 million right now, but I, I, I don't think it's that far off from being a, a, an organization that's going to make some money. They may not make hundreds of millions. They may not make tens of millions, but even if you made eight to 10 million and you distribute that across clubs, there's still the opportunity as long as your business plan takes you forward to build, to grow, to expand and, and make it more of a, corporation almost like the nfl is i just don't believe that the cfl is destined to continuously lose money there is no reason for this it's a great product it's a great league it's exciting it's fun there's no reason it certainly has a lot of work to do there is every possibility with a new model that this league could turn a profit year after year after year and the discussions that we've had over the last few months about viability will be something that we wondered why we ever talked about it in the first place. Let's hope that's the case, Don. I, um, you know, I, I do hope it is. I went back and I listened to some of our other podcasts where we were talking about Halifax and the potential for expansion. And I, I mean, at this point, I think that has to be off the table, Don. I don't see expansion going until you really are able to turn things around. So what's your thought there? Expansion will have to wait the until COVID is taken care of, until the economy starts rolling back. That's a big outlay for a stadium. And there has to be a lot of partnerships involved. There's no way that you can do it right now. Uh, If they delay it five years, I wouldn't be too, too surprised. But I don't think you ever take that away from your agenda. I think Halifax is vital because that gets you from C to C. Well, not only that, it's it's then a balanced league with, you know, even number of teams. And I think that having, if you keep the East-West format, which we've talked about before too, that's that's the best way we can do it is have it balanced with five teams in each conference. Exactly. The CFL and I think the federal government are on the same page that 2020 went out the window, but 2021 and beyond matters. And even the federal government, I think, is going to step up for 2021. Second down. Put on your thinking cap and play along with our CFL trivia. It's trivia time. And with that call out, it's trivia time. Woohoo! So coming into this week's contest, your uh the no we're not we're not naming this. Twenty of some odd number, the unknown number. Oh. Fifty no, it's an even number. Fifty, I'll say it's a number between one and three, the last digit. So yeah. Uh, okay. No, thanks. <laughs> uh, today you gotta promise me you don't call me out like last week. <laughs> now you don't know what to say, fun. <laughs> There's a lot of comebacks, and I'm not going to use any of them. <laughs> Thank you. Question one. Here we go. Everybody playing along? Please, no Google. 
In his rookie season in 2013, what number did Brandon Banks wear with the Hamilton Tiger Cats? A, 1, B, 16, his current number, C, 18, D, 87. No, I should know, but I have no idea. So this is a strict guess, and I'm going to go with A, 1. What? A1? A1. Okay, sorry. That's said 81. And <laughs> That's not a number. That's not even a choice. <laughs> <laughs> no, All right. No. You've chosen A, the number one, and the correct answer is D, the number 87. I looked at 87. Actually, I thought about that hard, and then I thought, no, it can't be 87. Let's go with one. I was wrong. That's okay. If you go back to the uh, 2013 Grey Cup, Hamilton and Saskatchewan, he's right there. Hmm. Stunned me when I saw it, actually. I thought, I never remembered him wearing that. <laughs> no. Is this uh, the ones you watch on TV? Is this like one of the TSN shows you saw? Yes. Hey, there we go. There's a reason why you watch. First down. Question two. The 1960s marked the only time so far... In the modern era, that both teams from Alberta, A, won only one Grey Cup, B, did not appear in consecutive Grey Cups, C, lost to Ottawa in the Grey Cup, D, did not appear in the Grey Cup. I have no idea again. These 60 questions always zing you, don't they? I don't think it's... Yeah, they do, because I have no idea. It's strictly guessing. What was B? B was... B sounds like a good answer, whatever it is. B was did not appear in consecutive Grey Cups. No, that doesn't sound good. A. Must be A. One only one Grey Cup is A. Let's go with A. So it's A, one only one Grey Cup, and the correct answer is... C. Lost to Ottawa in the Grey Cup. Hmm. Edmonton lost in... I, I learned something new again. Edmonton lost in 1960, Calgary in 1968, both to Ottawa. Hmm. <laughs> yep, we're heading for an offer. You always say that and you pull it out. Let's hope. I'm counting on you. Make it an easy one then. This one should be, I hope. <laughs> oh, no, no, now you're saying, yeah. pressure's on now. You like the modern stuff, so here we go. Okay. Question three. Bo Levy Mitchell has this unique distinction as a Calgary quarterback. He is their only quarterback to A, throw for more than 5,000 yards in multiple seasons, B, rush for 500 yards in a season, C, lead Calgary to two Grey Cup wins, or D, defeat Toronto in the playoffs? I'm going to go with D, defeat Toronto in the playoffs. D, defeat Toronto in the playoffs is your choice. And the correct answer is C, lead Calgary to two Grey Cup wins. There we go. Calgary has not beaten Toronto in the Grey Cup <laughs> since he's been there. Yeah, you're right, actually. I was just guessing all of these ones this week. Oh, boy. <laughs> Whatever. You might be a little brain dead, and I can, I can excuse you for that because you do have a pretty tough job right now. Yeah, it's been fun. Question four. K-1 
Calgary defeated Hamilton 30 to 13 in the North semifinal in 1995. What was significant about this? A, it was the first time Calgary You said the North the North semifinal? The era of the CFL USA? Okay, gotcha. Thank you. And they they changed the divisions? Thanks for clarifying. Okay. Yeah, it's fair. Gotcha. So the North semifinal in 1995. Mm-hmm. What was significant about this? A, it was the first time Calgary had defeated Hamilton in the playoffs. B, it was the first time in history no touchdowns were scored by either team for the first three quarters of a playoff game. C, it was the first time two teams, the two teams had seen each other that season. Or D, it was the first crossover game. Okay, I'm, I'm probably just guessing again, but I'm going to stay with B on this one. B? B. And that is, it was the first time in history no touchdowns were scored by either team for the first three quarters of a CFL playoff game. Mm-hmm. And the correct answer is... A. A or C. Oh. Oh, well. Yes, it was the first time Calgary defeated Hamilton in the playoffs, but... The more significant thing is that it was the first time in CFL history that two playoff teams met that had not seen each other that season. Hmm. That would have been a strange schedule. Yeah, agreed. So why would they not meet the whole season? Boy, some someone should have been fired that year. <laughs> That's a poor schedule. Oh, no, no, no. No, you need the Canadian teams to play each other. You can't go back and fire somebody in the 1995 season. My friend... I'm calling myself out because that was ugly. CFL players all wear a face mask for safety. With COVID-19 on our field, we also need to wear our masks to keep everyone safe. Do your part. Be a team player. Third down. Well, Don, after that uh, over showing in second down, I, uh, you know, I, I'm going to have to go back and listen to some of our past podcasts. I told you I was looking through some or listening through some earlier this week because uh, we've been at this for 30 shows now, and there's been a lot that has uh, gone on in that time and uh, a lot to look back on, and uh, it's been a fun experience. But we also know that with the Suspension of play in 2020 for the CFL. We know that, uh, you know, we're not going to have as much to talk about. There's going to be stories, but we are talking a little bit about cutting back. And it's kind of a sad time because I've enjoyed our time, Don, where we are able to uh, see each other. We do this over FaceTime so we can see each other, talk to one another, and uh, really get an opportunity to visit each week. It's so true because, yeah, we've put together 40 minutes of a podcast, but you and I are probably on FaceTime for upwards of an hour and a half yeah, yeah. when we do this. And it's a great catch-up. We talk about gardening. We talk about mm-hmm. job situations. We talk about what the weather's been doing, which mm-hmm. I wish they get a forecast right and finally call up some rain. Yep. Uh, hey, and curling and everything in between. It's, you know, it's just a chance to catch up for two friends talking. And I hope that's what people hear when they're listening to us. The opportunity of two guys who love the CFL just sitting down talking about what's going on and... There's no doubt about it. We are somewhat, and I say that only somewhat, opinionated. You know, that that sometimes plays into our 
discussions that, uh, you know, at least we've kept it friendly on the podcast every now and then off the podcast. If people could see us, as you mentioned earlier, during games, texting one another, we uh, tend to be somewhat um, positional when we look at things. But this has been a nice opportunity to really bounce ideas back and forth and talk about what we're thinking. The thing that I think that I've grown with with you over this first tour of the podcast is just opening up to some different ideas about how to see the game. Uh, you certainly have a different perspective than I do. I'm, I'm very traditional. I, I tend to come off very forcefully in my opinions. I'm never as beholden to them as I sound, but I just, I think sometimes even in this tonight's show, you said a couple of things that went, oh, wow, that's interesting. And I like that. I think there's a give and take in what we do. Absolutely. And there's a lot of fun that we have. Uh, if people could see the faces we're making at each other while we're doing this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we don't want to go on YouTube. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I I don't want to do what Superfan and Andrew did because no. that's just too risky. Well, on top of it, I'd have to clean my room. <laughs> <laughs> on top of it, I think I'd have to wear a mask yeah. <laughs> because I don't want my face going anywhere. It's been a lot of fun. And basically why we're saying this is that we are going to have to now start looking at a, a bit of a an altered schedule, I guess. Mm -hmm. We opened up the podcast saying, here we are, the CFL draft is coming. At no point in those first couple of weeks did we know what we were going to face. And we have now rode the COVID train. Yes, it might be a record in podcasting, actually, Don. <laughs> How long can you talk about what might happen because of COVID? If you wanted to have a hypothetical podcast, I think we've nailed it because <laughs> yes. of all the speculation. The only thing that I'm going to pat myself on the back on about all of this is that I said early on and off and on, the 14th to the 21st, in that week, we'd get our absolute answer, and it came down right down the middle. You're going to have to pick my lottery numbers next, too. <laughs> I can't even pick my own with any success. I don't know why I got this right. <laughs> yeah. No, it was a good call, and um, it went right down to the wire, and I think that's why we had to be so hypothetical. But for me, I have just enjoyed the banter and the discussions, and when we had opportunities to have visitors on... Um, it's been tremendous. And, and honestly, even though I did very poorly on uh, this week's trivia, I, I do enjoy trivia and I know and I hope our listeners have enjoyed it. If anything, uh, the way trivia was sort of burgeoning in my mind wasn't to see what kind of score you'd get. You kind of rail against it when I do mention what your score is. And that's fine. But it's only because I'm not that good. You're probably better than a lot of people. You just don't know that because we have nothing to compare to right now because there's no one else in the room taking the quiz with you. I, I just use it as a forum to educate because you've got to look at this CFL in all of its history, not in what happened in 2019. There is much more to it that went on that developed the game, that brought the game to a larger audience. Uh, there's going to be trivia in, I think, the next episode, maybe the one after, that deals with a major change, a seed change in the Canadian Football League that I'm going to ask you about. And it's, and it's that kind of stuff that I think people should be aware. Lots are, but there are some nuances that people aren't. And it's kind of fascinating to understand 
how divergent the two conferences were. That the East was the East, the West was the West. They they acted independently for a very, very long time. And even to this day, when we talk about revenue sharing, you brought up the point that the West does this and the East does that. And it's... It's that regionalism of Canada that we're, you know, like Canada is famous for, right? We have different regions all across this great nation. And uh, I, I uh, going back to trivia, I have truly enjoyed learning a bit because I don't pay attention to little details. And uh, we both do think differently. And you've been able to teach me a lot about the league. And, and I've appreciated the fact that even though I get many answers wrong, more wrong than right, I am learning consistently about it. And those that I do get right are often guesses. So I've learned that too. As I say, it's not about your score in this context. It's about taking the listeners along for a little bit of an educational tour of this great league. There's nothing better than Canadian football. And it's going to be a long, long fall without any Canadian football to watch. And I'm, I'm already hurting. My wife on the weekend was seeing me mope around and she's like, what's up? And I said, normally by now we're getting prepped for Labor Day. Like we're getting into the stretch run of the CFL season and it ain't happening this year. And she came over and gave me a big hug, which was really nice. It is those stages of grief we've talked about. And uh, when it finally hits, at first you don't really think it has. And, and uh, it sets in. And, and it does impact us. And, I mean, we are lifelong CFL fans. We love the game. We love what it does for our country. We love what it does for our teams that we cheer for. And across all of Canada, everyone's got their team their players, the the people they relate to, and not having it is devastating in that sense. Um, I spoke to it earlier, the opportunity to be with people, to share a, an experience, to experience the chance and the passion in a game, and, and to hear thousands of people cheering or yelling or screaming or excited in unison. It's just, there's there's no better feeling than those live games for me watching it there and I still enjoy watching it on TV and hearing the crowd get into the game and I think that's part of the reason maybe why I've not enjoyed the sports that have been on TV quite the same I just miss that passion it's the one game that you can watch on TV and then on a Friday night you can go out to the stadium and catch that same team play a week later you're out of Regina I'm way out of Regina so for either of us to get to a game, it is an orchestration. And yep. that's just a way of life that right now has been taken away. And it's really, really tough to, to make an adjustment. I mentioned on the last episode that I basically watch every game in a season. It's just the way I've been all of my life. And... I have a real problem trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do now. Nobody handed me a guide and said, okay, well, if the CFL doesn't play, this is what you do. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Got to figure it out along with everything else in life that has changed because of COVID-19. Exactly. So what I've proposed to you, and I think what we'll do is we'll come out pretty much every 28 days. So we'll drop this one. On the 26th, that would mean four weeks from then would be September the 24th. And I think that's the kind of schedule. We'll go once a month. There's 
always going to be some news items. Uh, certainly, we didn't touch on it at all in the first part, but discussion about Randy Ambrosi, maybe a challenge to his uh, commissionership. It's just going to be there. There's always going to be those types of topics that we can discuss. And certainly in a month's time, there may be some movement on certain player transactions. Uh, maybe the, the ownership groups have come together and decided that we're nine member clubs of the same group, not divergent as they've normally been, and just a seed change in their, in their way of seeing themselves so that they're much more cohesive, much more strong, united. And then, who knows, there, there could be a new team name for Edmonton anytime soon. We just don't know. There is going to be news about the CFL, and so that's why we are going to keep uh, getting together occasionally. And my hope is, Don, that outside of this podcast, we're able to talk more. But uh, for those who listen to us and follow along, they can certainly look forward to us at least once a month, unless there's something very big. We may even do a, to borrow from the turf district, a specisode, isn't that what they call it? <laughs> Spepisode. Spep, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what the guys in Edmonton call it. It's a spepisode. I don't want to steal their thunder, so we'll have to come up with a one of our own uh, little... No, we'll have to come up with our own moniker, the mi- a minute with patent on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've thought about it, but I can't come up with anything cool. Maybe... Don and Pat. Maybe our uh, Twitter uh, guru will have something for yeah. us. You know what? We could uh, even put that out to people on Twitter. You know, if, if we have a short episode, what are you looking for? As long as... Wow, that's dangerous. <laughs> no. Nothing offensive. It's a little dangerous. You, you might get responses you don't want. <laughs> we might, but, but you know what? We still reserve the right to make the decision. That is true. It is our podcast after all. <laughs> it is and it's been a lot of fun Don so thank you for uh... well let's 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 not sign off as if we're we're leaving forever let's just all we're doing is we're moving the timelines around and that's all we have to do for the time being because you and I when we we designed it the reason why it's called third down gamble is first down we were going to sort of discuss the news of the day second down we're going to discuss the games that were and in third down we'd be looking at our picks yep for that week's games. That was sort of the brainchild that you and I had worked out. And it's just not going to happen this year. No, we haven't had any opportunity to do it that way, but we've uh, reinvented first, second, and third down. And it's uh, it's been fun, and it will continue to be fun when we do to get together here at the end of September. Thank you for listening to our show. Third Down Gamble is hosted on Podbean. Third Down Gamble can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter, where our handle is at Third Down Gamble. Join us again next time. The Third Down Gamble Podcast. Audio. Worth watching.